morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you. That's a wish that you be blessed on Thanksgiving. One way I can assure that you will be blessed is if you are grateful and you pay attention and you're mindful of all the ways, the many, many ways that the Lord has been gracious and good because it brings worship and gratitude. It really does. That's a source of worship. Gratitude brings worship, praise, thanksgiving, appreciation, recognition, makes you aware, acknowledge the presence. And the presence of the Lord in the things that he has made, but also in our lives. And that's a good place to be on Thanksgiving. It sets the mood. It sets everything in its proper perspective. So, I encourage you not to wait until Thanksgiving. Start today. Start today. You you can be doing other things. I know that you can do two or three things at once. One thing you can do while you're doing other things is be aware of things that you're thankful for. Realize, I wouldn't have this. Somebody was gracious to me. God was gracious to me. My parents were gracious to me. My friends were gracious to me. It's endless. If you start small, it will go on and on and on. You don't seem too excited about this. I'm, t- I'm saying, get excited about this. It will lift your spirits. It will make you a happy person. You will feel wealthy. You will realize how blessed you are. So, take inventory. You can start today. You don't have to wait. You can start even while I'm speaking to you. Yeah. You could begin by being thankful for me. What a, what a gift. <laughs> have you ever taken inventory? Have you ever had to take stock? Maybe you've worked at a grocery store. I worked at a plumbing shop in addition to working at a grocery store and other fine establishments. But when I was, when I was working at the plumbing shop, of all the exciting and adventurous things we had to do, one of the things that came around every year was inventory. Taking stock of all the stuff. And there is a lot of stuff. I'm telling you. In the warehouse, they would have bins to the ceiling, little cubby holes. You know, like the old post offices or something, when you'd go in them, you see them still in historical magazines and books and things like that. But all these cubby holes, and in those cubby holes, some small, some very big, um, are all kinds of plumber's stuff. You know, like copper, galvanized, uh, PVC, different kinds of plastics, elbows, connections, junction, all kinds of stuff. 45, 90 degree, and you spend all day counting somebody else's stuff. You know, it's really very different than when you're, you know, counting your own piggy bank. When you're counting the stuff in your old piggy bank, you can just, you can one at a time and you enjoy it. And as you keep going, you realize you're wealthier. But when you're counting somebody else's stuff, it's, it's just not the same. 
It's drudgery. Drudgery. Do you know what drudgery is? Well, take inventory at a plumbing shop and you will discover what drudgery is. But like I said, it's different if we count our own pennies. Every penny we count reminds us that we are wealthier the longer we keep counting. The first line of this proverb reminds us, we're in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. The first line of the proverb reminds us that all we have and all we get is from the Lord. We owe it. We give thanks to the Lord. Here's the proverb. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Isn't it interesting that wealth is something other people have, but we never have? And yet there are people that look at you and say, wow, they're wealthy. It's a relative thing. Here, it's not excluding any one of us when it says our wealth. It refers to what we have, what we possess, all of it. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. The first fruits would refer to the harvest, what was just harvested, and the best of the harvest, whether it was an animal or it was some kind of vegetation or grain that was grown and harvested that belongs to your wealth. And the first fruits, God deserves that, the proverb is saying, because God is the creator of it all. I mean, he's gotten the, he has the patent on everything. And he doesn't take a cut. Have you ever thought of that? He doesn't impose a cut. He just asks you to give him an offering to remember him. When we're profiting off of him, God says, hey, just stop and, and remember me. That would be nice. I would like that. That would honor me. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns, uh, we don't have any barns, so, you know, the principle is anything that you would store things in, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Honor the Lord with his blessing. Isn't that interesting? All the Lord is asking is, turn back a little of what I've... I've made you rich, so give a little back. Do you know why? Is it because God can't get along without our first fruits, our tithes, our offerings, our gifts? No, he can get along just fine. It's good for our soul. It's good for us as a people. 
It's good for the human being to acknowledge the creator of the human being. And it's good for the human being to remember the creator and do that. So it's something that benefits you in a way that you can't count or put in the bank, but it's good for you. And you'll be wise if you do it. Get wisdom. Honor the Lord with his blessings. Two things. Worship flows from the Lord's blessings. Now, there's a lot implied there. You have to acknowledge that the Lord is the one who has blessed you. If you don't acknowledge that, if you take it for granted, if we take it for granted, then no worship. Nuh-uh. Nothing. Just not going to happen. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But if we acknowledge, if we recognize, if we say, thank you, Lord, that is worship. In one of the, I, I read an excerpt of, of one of the Psalms, and in the, in the other Psalm that I excerpted in the first service, that's kind of a slurpy word, excerpted. But the second Psalm talked about how God doesn't need a thing we have to give him. He doesn't need our sacrifices. He doesn't want a bull. He doesn't drink the blood of goats or eat the meat of, of a steer. He's, he says, I own all the cattle. Everything in the field that moves is mine. I don't need your sacrifice. But he does say, it would be a very precious thing if you would give me your thanksgiving. Honor the Lord. To honor is to recognize it's in Hebrew, it even has to do with recognize the worth or weight. How weighty is the Lord in your life? Does the Lord have some heft in your life? Have you ever been around someone who has no fear of the Lord? I have. I'll bet you have too. They never give the Lord a second thought. The only thing that deters them from doing wrong is the prospect of getting caught. They have no care for their soul. It's all pleasure, all pleasure. I would do anything to feel good, to enjoy something, even if it cost your life or brought harm or ruin to you if it didn't affect me. That's the way a lot of people live their lives. That is a fool according to Proverbs. And it's an early death because you die even before you stop breathing. Because life is more than breathing. Honor the Lord. Recognize him. Be aware of him. Properly 
be aware by appraising, by gauging the presence of the Lord in your life. And realize we're talking about the good Lord, which is the Lord of the Bible, which is the Lord that gave us the greatest gift in Jesus Christ. God wants nothing but good for you, even when he says no. There are things you should learn to say no to. All these things are a precious gift from him, to have him in our lives. And to honor him and to acknowledge him and to recognize him is worship. It is worship. God got ticked at his people when they did all the worship stuff and their heart wasn't even there. And we can do the same thing. You know, we talk about worship isn't just on Sundays. It's supposed to be 24-7. Well, how does that happen if we aren't aware of the Lord? And if we are aware then we give his presence some place in our lives. We start to give thanks. We see all around us. We see it in other people. Most of you in this room I know. And if I had you alone, I would probably thank you for all you do in my life. We need to be those kinds of thankful people. Even when hardships come along, we know that we live and serve a great God who loves us. If we happen to forget this, James reminds us in the very first chapter of his letter, the 17th verse, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Lord. Every good, every good gift comes from the Lord. So gratitude is a form of worship, a key to worship. I would call it the secret of worship. If you ever don't feel like worshiping, come in here and you're just kind of, start being thankful. Start counting all the ways that you owe your existence, you owe your identity, you owe your person your life, not just the past but the future, to the Lord. And you'll start worshiping. You'll start praising Him. Worship flows from the Lord's blessings, but wealth brims, verse 10, with our gratitude. It brims, wealth brims (laughs) with our gratitude. Look at the verse. What's it say? It says our barns are filled to the very tippy top. And it says that our vats are full and bursting with wine. Bursting with wine. Do you realize that there are people who have barns that are full to the top and vats that are bursting in wine and they They don't even appreciate it. They aren't thankful. 
Verse 10, I think, I think verse 10 is saying, if you recognize, if you acknowledge, if you honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of the harvest of what you get, you are going to see that your barns are full to the brim and your vats are bursting with wine. Do you know any rich people? Well, I know, again, that's a relative thing. Other people would say, "Mm, yeah, I'm looking at rich people where I come from. And we know that, right? We forget it. We think everybody's an American. America stretches around the world. And then we're reminded, no, we're just a country. And the rest of the world has varying degrees of wealth, often less than we have. But when we're grateful, we become content. We are fully satisfied. That's that's really true. Fully satisfied. Which is to say our barns are full to the brim and our vats are bursting with wine. You think I, I... I don't think you believe me. But if you will practice this, we'll... we'll We'll get together sometime, and you can tell me, you were right. You were right. The question is, will you be wise enough? That's, that's what it all boils down to, is will you be wise enough to be grateful and thus to worship the Lord because you recognize the Lord. Everywhere you look, you have an awareness of his presence, of his power, that he is God. You see, gratitude remedies what happened in the garden. Do you know that the first, the sin, the fall, when Adam and Eve told God that they didn't need him, they could make it on their own, When the serpent slithered in and said, you don't have enough. You need more. Don't believe what God told you. You don't have to be satisfied with what he gives you. There's something more there. That's the tree that he won't let you eat of. And I'm telling you, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They weren't content. They weren't grateful for what they had. This is a fundamental problem. You see? It goes all the way back to the beginning. Joni Mitchell, she's one of those old singers from a long time ago. She wrote a a song called Big Yellow Taxi. And there's this line in there. And it starts this way. It says, don't it always seem to go? Now, what does that mean? Don't it always seem to go? Well, it's kind of like saying, yeah, we're, we're all in this together. This is something we all experience. We all know what I'm about to talk about. This is just is the way of humanity. And then she says this. She says, 
that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? And see, to me, that's, that's an indictment of humanity. Isn't that the way it is? Isn't this true of us all? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. That should not be true of us. We should know what we've got before it's gone. And if you don't, something's really wrong. And God's people should not include themselves in that. We should be practicing to know what we've got because that's how we enjoy it. If you don't know what you've got, you don't enjoy it. You don't value it. You don't treasure it. It doesn't matter to you. And that's bad. I'm telling you, it's bad. And you get it right from here on out. I can talk that way because I care about you. And what I'm telling you is true. This life that you have the privilege of living will not matter to you unless you know what you've got. And I'll tell you, the first thing to knowing what you've got is knowing God, the creator of it all. And it works its way from there. Gratitude remedies that. Gratitude is how you fix that. Gratitude values and treasures the worth of others and things. Gratitude knows contentment, and there's no greater gift than contentment. If, if you're content, you're happy. You don't need anything else. Think about that. If you're content, you don't envy when others have more because you're satisfied. You enjoy what you have. Do you know that many people, we live in a culture that constantly on social media, on the internet, on the television, on the radio, is constantly telling you, you need something that I'm going to talk about. That's called a commercial. You don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't have enough. And do you know why people succumb to that? Because they're not content. They're not happy. Think about that. They're not happy. And two-thirds of the world would love to switch places with us right here, right now. Something is, a wire is unhooked. We need to call an electrician to get this figured out. 
so that we're working right, you know? So we're not broken with this idea that we need more, more, more. Gratitude means my barn and my vat might not be as large as your barn and your vat, but I couldn't enjoy another or yours any more than I already enjoy my own barn and my own vat because I'm grateful. I enjoy it, and I'm thankful for it. And I praise the Lord. I'd like to be your boss. Sometimes on staff, people, they call me boss. They know I'm not their boss. The Lord is their boss. He's, he's much more effective than me. But I, I'd like to be your boss for a day. You know, like you come to me in the morning and you say, what do you want me to do today? And I'm going to pay you for it, right? So I tell you what to do. And you know what I'm going to tell you to do? I'm going to tell you to take inventory. I want you to take stock. Okay, where do I begin? Well, I'm going to tell you. I want you to start in your closet. Yeah, go to your closet. And I want you to take inventory. And then I want you to go to the garage and I want you to take inventory. Then I want you to go to the attic. And then I, well, don't forget, I want you to count your relatives and loved ones. I want you to also count the loving people in your life. Count the people in your R group. Don't forget them. The people at church, your church family that loves you and will rush to your side if you need anything. And then I want you to count your memories. Don't forget your memories. There are a lot of good memories. Count those memories. If if you're grateful, you'll have more memories to remember. You'll never forget when you're grateful. And then finally, I, I, I don't want you to forget to count your hopes. Your hopes. Because your hopes are a gift too. That means you have things that you look forward to. That means you have capabilities. You have arms and legs and strength. You have intelligence. You have places that you can look forward to going. You have things that you can become if you so choose. Because we also have freedoms for which we can give thanks. And all the people who help us. And then after you have completed your inventory, I would want you to come and sit down beside me. We'll kind of review. And then I want to remind you that all the wealth that you have counted is not yours to keep. Because each and every one of us will die. That has a limited value on everything that we give our lives to. And some of you, and I can see you, that are older, you know exactly what I'm talking about because there comes this point 
And you're, you're a long way from, presumably, you know, we never know. You should be thankful for every breath you get to take. Because we have no reason to presume that we're going to get thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of breaths. But if you do, as you get older, you're going to realize all the things that are precious to you that you do enjoy ultimately are going to become somebody else's. And so you're eager to start giving things away. Yeah! You, you, you want to start passing on things that are precious to you so that others can benefit and enjoy and sustain the value of what you give them. Maybe with just a little extra twinkle because they remember you along with it. And you know what? We can begin doing that now in discipleship and 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 duplicating the good that God has created in us and is doing in us and giving that to others. But you'll all give it away. But you know what? You'll be grateful for it. You'll be more grateful for it if you remember that it doesn't ultimately belong to you, even though you have custody of it. So I want to encourage you Proverbs, and more than one says this, riches do not profit you in the day of judgment, but righteousness delivers from death. Some of you I saw writing down. That's Proverbs 11.4. Righteousness delivers you in the day of death. When we think of righteousness, we think of keeping God's laws. And that's, that's true, all of God's laws are actually for our, for our benefit. So if we think a little bit more broadly, when we're righteous, we're walking with God. Do you know that you'll never feel, feel closer to God than when you obey him? So when you live a life of righteousness with the Lord, you're going to feel his presence. You're going to be aware of him. You're going to be attentive to him. You're going to be grateful to him. He's going to encourage he's going to influence your thinking it's a good thing it's a really good thing so yeah get wisdom honor the lord with his blessings and you are one of those blessings let me pray for us i want to remind you just before i go to prayer that There will be elders and deacons, uh, spouses, pastoral staff down front if you'd like to pray with one one of us. Thank the Lord as we move toward Thanksgiving. Pray for someone in your life that you ask the Lord to bless or heal or care for. Whatever it is, maybe it's something that you want to pray with us about regarding your own life. Come and pray. Let me pray for us now. Heavenly Father, thank you. We love you. And we want to love you. We really do. We pray, Father, that we might be grateful. That you are so accessible. That we might be grateful that you love us so much. As is evidenced 
in the giving of your one and only Son, Jesus. And that we might be grateful that you have poured out your Spirit, that you actually indwell us, doing your work in our lives, bringing healing, bringing encouragement, bringing blessing. We praise you, Lord. In the matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen.